Hi there, One Million Musicals audience members. This is co-creator and showrunner Jacob Ben Shmuel here to host our third intermission, where we take a moment in between shows to interview a member of our extremely talented cast. Today's intermission features Ron Bomer. He is a Broadway veteran and a personal friend with a resume longer than we have time to recount, and we were lucky enough to snag him as the narrator in our latest musical, The South Pole Santa Claus, which is out now. But others truly love them, and that's what really counts for the South Pole Santa Claus. Is when you are down and out. <laughs> Hi, Ron. Hi, Jacob Ban. <laughs> it's so good to see you. Thanks for being here uh, for our uh, intermission episode. That's I really appreciate pleasure. it. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with you. I should explain to your listeners that I've always called you Jacob Ben. That's just my own personal tag for you. Even though Ben is part of your yes. last name, I treat it like it's your middle name. I grew up as a Ronald John. Everybody was called oh, Ronald okay. John, Ronald John. So I think that's why I call well, you Jacob Ben. Well, I love it because no one else calls me that. So I, it feels <laughs> it feels like a badge of honor that I have a nickname that you, Ron Bomer, have given to me. Yeah, um, you're like my surrogate son. Well, that is uh, an honor, <laughs> truly. <laughs> um, so, Ron, you and I know each other pretty well, but uh, not everyone in our audience is so lucky. So I'd love if we started out. Uh, with you introducing yourself and talking a little bit about your career. Oh, hi, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. My name is Ron Bomer. I'm a Broadway <laughs> actor. Uh, I've done about a dozen Broadway productions, either on national tours or on Broadway itself. Um, I'm originally from Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, I uh, My first Broadway show was Fiddler on the Roof back in 1990. I played Fiedka, <laughs> Fiedka, the only wasp in the show. Uh, and from there went on to uh, Aspects of Love, where I played Alex, uh, went on to um, shows like Sunset Boulevard, where I played Joe Gillis, I played The Phantom and The Phantom of the Opera, uh, The Scarlet Pimpernel in The Scarlet Pimpernel, and uh, Father in Ragtime fairly recently, and then most recently, of course, is the show that you and I have in common. I did a seven-year mm -hmm. run uh as uh jesus and joseph smith in the book of mormon and frequently opposite mr jacob ben yes uh so a a wonderfully long and storied career i guess i wonder you know i think we'll we'll end up talking about covid a little later on because oh, yeah. that's that's something not, we gotta you know, chat about exactly you but you know before covid hits because you know you've been you've been around the block like what was the biggest change you've seen since when you started out and and now? Electricity. <laughs> <laughs> of course, yes, yes. And all those horse-drawn carriages. That's, I'm right. stealing that, actually. <laughs> that, that response was um, a George Abbott response. They asked George Abbott what, his, <laughs> what you know, was the biggest change he'd seen in the theater, and he said electricity. Um, gosh, I, uh, you know, I really think I would have to say... Um, you know, it's a twofold answer for me. I mean, the biggest 
change, I think, is is the way performances have changed because of microphones, um, because we wear oh. wireless microphones that now are invisible in our hair, and it created uh, the possibility for a much more intimate performance than had been given before. You know, you went from Ethel Merman having to hit the back of the hall with her voice and, <laughs> and successfully doing so, hitting, you know, Paris, France with the with her voice from New York City stages. But, um, you know, we went from that to where you were, you really could give a really pretty intimate performance. Um, and it huh. and it also changed acting. It allowed for just the slightest, somehow by being audible from there, you were able to just give a much more intimate performance. So it gives actors of our generation much much more freedom you know right and then i think within the you know within the most recent time i would have to say it, it is the the advent or the the figuring out of how to do the movie musical in other words the you know something like mean girls that's trans transferred from uh, a, a mm -hmm. film script um because when i first moved to new york uh which was a while ago um the original production of Singing on the Singing in the Rain was running, and basically right. everybody was just saying, "You can't do it! You can't do it! Musicals will never translate to the stage." Because as people probably do or do not know, Singing in the Rain was a flop. It didn't. It just didn't work, and for different reasons. You know, it, I mean, Twyla Tharp was the director, and and that was her. I think her first Broadway show, and she was kind of doing her thing. I think maybe rather than now doing the Broadway thing that she later, you know, got pretty great at with shows like Moving Out. Um, you know, but there, there were just odd things about it. it didn't work. You know, it was not a successful transfer. And now I think it's almost become, you know, kind of expected. It's become more rare to see the original Broadway musical that's never been done in any other form um, show up, you know. Um, well, like even a, a couple of years ago, all of the nominees for Best Musical were based on films. Right. It was, it was like uh, the year with... Mean Girls and SpongeBob and uh, and the band's visit even, right. which doesn't feel like a a movie translated to the stage, but it is. Right. Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's like kind of like what you said. It feels like it's a prerequisite to get something to Broadway. Yeah. To have it be translated from a film. Yeah, I mean, which you know you understand with you know the cost of Broadway productions approaching a right. billion dollars now. You know they're not that close to a billion yet. I don't think, but but um. You know, a lot. It's you know several million dollars to do a Broadway show, and and it takes. It's a lot more investors now than there used to be. It used to be, oh, we'll get David Merrick and he'll get his you know group of people and we'll pull it together and we'll have the money. Now you look in the back of the playbill and the the number of producers listed is staggering. You know, but that's what it right. takes to get this stuff produced, to get that original cast album in your hands and make you right. you know anxious to get a ticket for that show it takes a lot of money and a lot of people to get it get it done you now. know it's funny you know not to <laughs> not to toot our own horns too much but that is something we are really excited about with this with this sort of podcast musical medium mm -hmm. is that you don't need millions and millions of dollars to put something together well but you know what you do need which i think is what's so incredible and so brilliant about what you're doing, because I've heard, you know, one of the other musicals that you've done, and now I'm very excited to be a part of one of your musicals, a, a really fun and cool part that I'm just in love with. And, um, you know, it, but it, what it does take is it takes, you know, a couple million dollars worth of passion to get this done because, <laughs> you know, you're, a, you're maybe not a one man band, 
but you're you're a band, you know, it's as mm-hmm. opposed to a, you know, a village of people making something happen. So it really does take that, that drive that we are all, you know, that it takes to make it on Broadway. It takes that same drive to create an original musical and put it in a podcast form and cast it and record each individual track separately. And all it's a, it's a massive undertaking. And I just, I'm blown away by how brilliantly you guys are doing it. It's, uh, it's great. Your, your last musical, the, the law, the law man without a gun, uh, right. Is that the correct title? Yes. Yeah. Lawman with no gun. Lawman with mm-hmm. no gun is just like, it's incredible. I mean, if you guys haven't listened yet, people listening at home, if you haven't listened, <laughs> tune in immediately. And if you're missing Broadway, you will tune into this and you will feel that same sort of smile that comes across your place when the lights go down and you are, you know, in the, in the audience of something new and special that's being made right there for you. It's, it, they're really pulling off a great magic trick here. Well, I, I appreciate the heck out of that, Ron. We, we feel so lucky to have you. Um, and actually, this episode, I believe we're planning on dropping this the week after the South Pole Santa Claus has released. So everyone should immediately go and listen to that episode where you will hear Ron Bomer as the narrator in that episode. Yeah. And I think you do just an absolutely brilliant and wonderful job as that role. Oh, thanks. Well, what helps when the, the writers sort of had you in mind as they were writing it. <laughs> so that, yes. It kind of makes yes. you feel like, oh, you know, that's cool that, you know, people on the production team were hearing my voice anyway. So I'm like, oh, well, then I just have to show up and <laughs> do it. <laughs> absolutely. Well, so, you know, we, we're all missing live theater. Like yeah. I, I know I Big am. Time. And, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to give, with our podcast, we're trying to give some semblance of that feeling, of that same feeling that you get. But there's nothing quite like the spontaneity and insanity of live theater. Yeah. So I wonder if you could tell me about a moment of mishap <laughs> that you have had because of the live medium. Oh, things that happened in Broadway shows. Yes. Yeah. Oh man. Well, there. You know, there. I have two favorites. I mean, the favorite that Sandra and I tell. We do uh, keynotes together, and she does them separately as well. And people, that's very common question. People want to know what went wrong. You know, and and sure. uh, the you know the most uh, what would always happen on Phantom happened with the two of us actually was, um, you know, the the electric motorized boat, the the gondola yes. that you know goes through there, which a lot of people don't know is actually driven there are no grooves in the stage for it is it is on wheels and it is driven by remote control like a remote control car and oh, it's wow. uh, yeah and there's a guy in the wings with a joystick you know driving the <laughs> thing. and uh you know so one night we're you know we're doing uh the gondola going downstage and all of a sudden <laughs> It just stops, stops, you know, and uh, (laughs) so we're like, what do we do? What do we do? You know, and I look in the wings and there's Mike, I think was his name. And there's Mike in the wings and he's just banging on the box, like trying to get it to do something. (laughs) Nothing happens. He finally looks at me with a shrug, like, I got nothing. So, you know, I, we looked at each other and I took her hand and she stepped out of the boat and we walked on water into the lair. And that was, you know, you just go on. That's all you can do. And we there it sat for the rest of the, you know, in the wrong place for the rest of the scene. And uh, we took wow. a slightly longer pause before the, the next scene started, before the uh, so you could move it. morning after. Yes, yeah, so someone could move it, because I certainly could. <laughs> right. and, well, of course. And on we went. <laughs> then my other favorite, um, which was the weirdest thing ever, was in um, uh, Ragtime. Uh, so uh-huh. here I am on stage with, with Christian Knoll, who was Tony-nominated for that show. Brilliant. And 
and my son Edgar uh, is on stage and we're on the beach. We're at the beach. It's the second act and we're near at the end of the play. And Edgar is holding uh, Cole, House, Cole House's baby, the son, his right. son, you know, and he's holding the baby. And of course we don't use real babies on stage. You know, we're, you use dummies, you know, and it's wrapped in swaddling clothes, but, but it's a toddler sized baby. It's pretty hefty, you know, weighs about 10 pounds, I guess. And, okay. and uh, at one point, Christian says, say goodbye to your father. I'm going off to the Morgan Library, and, and uh, it's very tense, and I may never return. I might become a hostage and all this stuff. And we're fighting anyway, and the, you know, the character's fighting. And say goodbye to your father, and Edgar comes up and says, goodbye, father. And we hear, Bonk! and like, and the audience starts howling. I'm like, what, what is this? And I look on the floor, and the baby's leg has fallen off. <laughs> And it's lying on the stage. It's a baby's leg lying on the stage. Yeah. So I. Oh no. You know, and it, it's like she's getting ready to sing. We can never go back to before. She's going to take the baby. So we have to wrap this thing up and get them back. You know. So I just calmly, as father, bend over and pick up the leg and tuck it in the baby's <laughs> swaddling and tap Edgar on the shoulder and say goodbye, Edgar, and off he goes with the baby to a huge round of applause for. You know, I always think that wow. one gives new meaning to break a leg. I was supposed to break your own <laughs> leg, not the baby's leg. Anyway. That is completely brilliant and hilarious. <laughs> what do we do? You know, we go on live theater. You go on. Keep right. going. So you mentioned you mentioned Sandra briefly, uh, who's in the background of our Zoom call. Yeah, if this call, was a so video podcast, you can see her because she's literally over my shoulder. Like, <laughs> yeah. Working over my shoulder. So you sort of alluded to this, but you guys uh, met while doing Phantom of the Opera, right? We did, yes. Do you want to chat a little yeah. bit about that? We met, I, it was, you know, we rehearsed the show. Um, uh, so I rehearsed the show separately. So she was already in the Rao Company, which was the company that I did almost entirely up to its closing. Um, uh -huh. And from the time I was hired until its closing. And um, we met on the stage of the, the Kennedy Center there. And uh, for me, it was, you know, I was smitten with her pretty quickly. I mean, it, was, it took her quite a while to be convinced. <laughs> me. Um, but it was ironic. I remember we were talking. It was right around the time that Princess Diana passed. Um, oh. And, uh, it, you know, that that sort of was a marker that was one of our first conversations. And I was the same age as Princess Di at the time. I remember talking to her about that and saying, you know, wow, it's imagine that that's that's all you get. That that's you know that that's all you get to do in your life. And so, in, in as we met, I think we, you know we were both. Everybody was feeling a keen awareness of how precious life is, and you know, making right. making your life count. And as a footnote to that, you know, the, ironically, um, my daughter, Austin Bomer, who's my daughter from my first marriage, Austin Danielle Bomer, um, I have two daughters from my first marriage, and one is a, a doctor. Um, she's uh, in residency right now in, in um, Oakland, California. But my other daughter is, oh, is a- Close to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Close to you. Uh, my other daughter is a Broadway actor, and she is in the Broadway musical, Diana. She's in the ensemble and, co huh. and covering the lead role, covering Diana in that show. Um, oh, which, wow. of course, was in previews right up to COVID hitting. Mm -hmm. um, so it has not officially opened, but they did film it for Netflix and it's going to be released. For Netflix, right? Yes, and it's going to be released in uh, January. 
Carrie Jablanski, who was one of our uh, our company assistant managers. company managers, yeah. uh, went over and started working on that show. And yeah. I'd been talking to her about the sort of Netflix yeah. filming and how crazy all of that was because they did it in the middle of COVID. So I'm sure, yeah. I'm well, sure like, Austin must have like some stories from that. Yeah, I, you know, I was having a conversation with uh, my therapist about this the other day, <laughs> and he said, you know, and it's tying it into what you're doing. It's he said, you know. You go outside and you you look at the the sidewalk and it'll be a perfectly paved sidewalk of nothing but concrete. And somewhere in one of those cracks, damn it, if there isn't a dandelion that's finding its way up through the mm. crack. And he said, you know, I think that the arts are like that, 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 you know, creativity is going to find a way no matter what, which is what, what they're doing. They're finding, you know, finding a way through Netflix, what you're doing, you're getting original musicals produced through another medium, you know, Sandra and I have been doing right. concerts virtually. It's it, it, creativity will find a way, and it's thrilling to see it surviving in the most difficult, certainly the most difficult circumstances I've ever lived through. Well, so that's a great segue to my next question, which is about COVID, and it's about how how have you been adapting. Uh, in this time since. So, you know, you and I were on the Book of Mormon tour together yeah. and it closed uh, it closed down in, what, mid-March, right. I think. Correct. It was right after my birthday. Oh, <laughs> I think birthday. like the week after my birthday. <laughs> I know, seriously. I know. Yeah, well, um, you know, where was your head at at the time and then how did you adjust yeah. since since the world shut down? Well, the, I mean, the plus side, you know, for me is, uh, you know, we moved to uh, San Diego, California from the New York area uh, in around 2013. Um, but I was on tour almost that entire time with the Book of Mormon. Right. And, and Sandra has a, a keynote career, which keeps her traveling all over the, the country as well. So we were living the majority of our lives on the road. Um, so right. the, the, the big, you know, plus has been, we we're finally living in our home <laughs> together, <laughs> which is nice, you know, that, that hadn't been the case for a long time. So that's been lovely, but you know, I mean, I'm, we're facing all the same challenges as everybody. I'm, you know, I'm fortunate to say that, you know, people in my family, um, it, you know, we've had COVID has certainly touched our lives. People have, have, uh, gotten the virus, but luckily recovered, mm. Um, oh, thank you goodness. Know, but it's, you know, it is unfortunately not as positive of a story for, for so many people. So we're, we're counting our blessings right. that we're healthy. Um, it's been frustrating to me that creatively I haven't thrived in this time as I wanted to. Like, you know, just literally just before the pandemic started, I had released a new, a new album of songs because I'm a singer songwriter right. as well. And Legacy came out, um, you know, prior to, to COVID. And and I was kind of, you know, hoping maybe that the, that creative gene would spark for me and that I would be writing a lot, but I'm not writing at all. I'm just, just mm. don't have that inspiration at all. So that, that side's been frustrating, but the, but where I have been very creative because it's survival is technology is learning how to do a virtual show. We've been doing virtual concerts. We've been doing, right. you know, for either for corporate audiences, some for charities, some for, for private, uh, private people even. Um, and you know, I did one like for, I used to have a fan club and I did a, a private concert for them just literally to figure out how to do the technology, you know? Yeah. So they let yeah. me be, you know, they let me be, have a Guinea pig concert for them. I was like, let's try this out and see what happens, you know? And right. so that, that's been interesting to be technologically creative. Um, but I do, 
hope that within this next period of time that I'll start sort of aiming it back to what do I have to say about all of this? Absolutely. It's it's not easy because I, I agree with you. you. You think like, oh, I'm, I'm stuck at home, so I will necessarily start having a bunch of great creative ideas. <laughs> right. <laughs> like exactly. that's. But but I, you know, similarly to you, when the, when the pandemic started, I I went a few months where I was just, I don't know, creatively starved yeah. and not not creating anything. It really took this podcast to sort of stir me out of that mm-hmm. and um, get me a a goal and something that was like I would wake up each morning excited to work. And that that has been like a really you know, really a blessing. Well, you certainly make um, it up for lost time because the the, the amount <laughs> the output is staggering from what you're doing and the, you know that you're writing and everything. In fact, I even listened to your podcast of where you and tell me your writing partner's name again. I haven't met him. Alan. Uh, Alan so Blake you and Batchelor. Alan did a podcast about we're going to write a song in 30 minutes, <laughs> and it's pretty funny. You got to jump in and listen to it. I, I'm mean, even that song. I'm still going around singing. You know, uh, you know something. It's look out, Pierre. Look out. <laughs> <laughs> don't shout we're spies you know? uh, oh man I've, I've just that, been shot you know it's pretty brilliant i'm so uh, it it makes me very happy that you listened to that that was like easily one of the most stressful things i've ever done <laughs> and uh we heart is not meant to be under a clock it's just <laughs> I, I know well it's like writing a song in 20 minutes i think with like five minutes left i hadn't written any chords it was like <laughs> okay <laughs> well <laughs> we're just gonna write what we can and see what happens and you know uh we're gonna continue doing that like once a month probably uh, so well uh, I'm, that's gonna be my next my new audition <laughs> song that one look out pierre <laughs> look out we're spies my friend don't shout <laughs> oh that's hilarious i'm gonna interpret that for my next record <laughs> um i i've wondered about this because obviously you and sandra performed in the phantom of the opera together yeah. for 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 a while and what a you know what a wonderful experience that must have been are there any other roles that you too want to play together mm. that you haven't gotten the chance to. Well, it's interesting. You know, people ask Sandra all the time about her because she, when she finished Phantom, I mean, she did Phantom for, you know, 10 years and longest running. She's Christine the longest on, running leading Broadway, lady right? and the longest running Broadway show in history. Yeah. And, Amazing. Um, Amazing. So, <laughs> but, but her, you know, her dream to do Christine was, was hyper-focused. It was really about, you know, this is what I want to do. And uh-huh. when she was finished, she really f- felt finished. Like she was like, I think mm. I am done with this part of my career, uh, part of my artistic life or, or my life, you know, huh. even. She really didn't see herself continuing on. There was like, she didn't look at any shows and say, oh, I want to do that part. Or I want to do that. She was done. I mean, she did some TV acting after that, but she, which she liked because it was new and creative and short, you know, it's just right. like, go and do the thing. It's not the, you know, the, the, um, it's really, it's hard to do eight shows a week, you know, to do the kind of Broadway schedule. For 10 it's, years? For I 10 mean, years. Goodness. It's, you know, it's <laughs> it's really, really difficult. And so she was finished. And I and she had a vision shortly after leaving the show of an identity of, she's always been really super hyper interested in um, giving, you know, what, what is my, what's my true voice in the, in, huh. in the world? And certainly, I mean, if you've heard her sing, she's, you know, her voice is majestic. It's spectacular. 
Um, and but, you can hear a little clip of her singing in our latest episode. Yes, she's actually a South guest Santa star. Claus. Although it's not fair <laughs> to have that as a representation because she was being an over-the-top. Uh, of course, know, she's of course. She's playing the character of um, an over-the-top apparatic kind of singer. I mean, and, if, she, if she is interested, we will happily have her back in a more uh, representative <laughs> role. Uh, well, that that was certainly a comedy bit. You'll have to talk to her agent <laughs> about that, me. Um, <laughs> no, but, but she... Um, um, you know, I think she really w wanted to find, you know, what is, what have I got to say to people? You know, what, how can right. I impact people's lives? Having, you know, of course, it's an honor to impact people's lives as a, to interpret a character through, a, you know, an incredible musical like Phantom of the Opera, you know, and, and she loved and, and valued that honor, you know, but I think turning the corner was about what does she have to say? So she, so she wrote a book, she wrote, you know, uh, Unmasking What Matters, 10 Life Lessons from 10 Years on Broadway, which is you can get on Amazon mm -hmm. now as a bestseller. And she, uh, and she does these keynotes across the, the country now. Um, you know, that was the new voice of her career. But we, we did get to do some other fun adventures when she was still in the acting world. We did the Yeston uh -huh. Coppet Phantom together, which was really, really fun. And that's a you know, favorite. I did that show when I was a little kid. You did? I played young Phantom. Oh, like my God. The scene where he sees his face and, like, screams about it. Yeah. Oh, oh give, me, give me your scream right now. Let me hear Just Let's get a callback of that oh, scene. Let's, we, oh, yeah, certainly. Let me just, let me just get into the jo character. Yeah, drop into the character. Got it. Take the glasses off. Ah! I believe it. I believe your pain. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, oh that, well, that was a favorite. Um, and then we also actually did a Scarlet Pimpernel together. She did Marguerite and oh. Scarlet Pimpernel that we did in Kansas City at the New Theater there. Um, so that it was fun to kind of visit different roles that way. Of course. You know, but we're still, like I said, we're still singing together. You know, we do these virtual concerts and it's uh, and it it really is a lot of fun. It's got this other layer now of adding, you know, invisible headphones and working with microphones and everything you need to do right. to give a good digital performance, you know. But um, so once all the setup is there, we actually get to just look into each other's eyes and enjoy singing together again. Yeah. And again, in a somewhat more intimate setting. Well, it, literally in our own living to, room. So. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's about you know? as intimate as it gets. Right. Which goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the mics, where it's, it's, a, different, it's a different kind of acting. Very much so, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it and you know it's funny. It really does reveal because you're not playing a character or anything, which she's of course now, you know, you know, intensely comfortable with because she's been doing keynotes for so long. Um, right. There's no character, no costume. There's nothing to hide behind. It's just genuinely you, you know. And and it was a new layer of learning to be in touch with the with genuineness for me, um, mm. because the, the camera reveals everything, you know. So you you right. do have to really learn to be comfortable just you know, being you and, and, you know, and loving yourself enough to, to trust that you're, you're going to do well, that you're going to have something interesting to say and that you're going to be truthful and touch, touch a chord with people. Yeah, that's, that's lovely. And absolutely like a different, a different part of the brain that you got to activate, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. Or the um, heart, or the heart, both, I think. Or the heart or both. Uh, so we're we're getting close to the end here, but I want I want to throw a couple of rapid fire questions at you. Answer them as quickly as you can. I'll try. I, um, I get a little dyslexic about fast questions, so I'll do my best. 
<laughs> no worries. Uh, first, what's one thing that you're excited about right now? It could be anything, like a new hobby, TV show, uh, a book, a brand of socks, like anything. Uh, we just got a, a new puppy, Rocky. He's our little Australian <gasps> mini, and I'm very excited about him. And he's oh. excited. <laughs> he's, he's very excitable. He's six months. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah, we're nuts about him. Well, and then you've done a bit of this already, but just for an official thing at the end here, please like plug yourself, website, social media, any oh. upcoming projects, past projects. I, I want to hand the reins over oh, to you. Oh, well, thanks for that. I'm terrible about social media, so I'm rarely... <laughs> Very rarely posting, so but I'm there. I have a presence there on Facebook and on you know on Instagram. Is that what you kids call it? Instagram. I, it they, is the yes. kids on Book of Mormon. <laughs> they used to call me Instagram Paw because I didn't know anything about Instagram. Um, and uh, but mm -hmm. I do have a, a brand new website which is launching in December that I'm very excited oh, about. Um, and really, really great, great stuff there that I'm I'm really pleased with the way that's that's working working out. Uh, and the other really fun thing is uh you know having released legacy this past year i'm all right my catalog of albums for years you couldn't get my other two albums because they had fallen out of print but uh my entire catalog of music is now available uh on spotify and also on uh, itunes you know so amazing uh, Apple music so and amazon too so you know check it out you can find legacy there you can find my first album uh every man and also my live album another life is there Wonderful. Yeah. So, awesome. You uh, know, and that's, I mean, that's what's happening virtually right now. I'd love to plug the show that I have upcoming, as we all would love to. But my, you know, <laughs> but I'm really excited to be a part of South Pole Santa Claus because I got to tell you, I had a blast doing it. And I, I think it's going to be a blast to listen to just from the first read. It was hysterical. And it's going to be brilliantly sung by this incredible cast you put together. Thanks, Ron. Uh, and finally, you know, I, I I think I speak for myself and also a lot of other folks who have done shows with you that I, I see you as somewhat of a mentor. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think you fill that role really wonderfully. Thank so you. I'm wondering if you have like one nugget, one little piece of advice you'd want to give to any aspiring actors or performers who are out there right yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm actually... Um coaching virtually now through a program called the Broadway Mentors Program. Oh, um, and you can find us uh, at broadwaymentorsprogram.com. And there are great, great people there. Howard McGillan is there. Um, Danny Burstein's on there. There's just a lot of really, really wow. wonderful uh, mentors. Chris John Knoll, who I mentioned before, is one of the mentors. And people from every, you know, great Broadway show that you've ever seen, you can find them there. Donna McKechnie is one of them. You know, it's just a terrific <laughs> list of people. Um, but uh, I did a webinar recently and, you know, I wanted to really sort of focus on the, the, you know, one main piece of advice that I can give people. And I feel like this is so important for young actors to know because, you know, it's terrifying to audition for things, you know, not, maybe not for everybody, but it's just terrifying to stand in a room and, and, you know, reveal yourself, you know, your, your heart and your soul and through a song or through a monologue and, I think the most important thing to remember is what they really want, what they're really looking for. They're looking for you. They, they want to see your genuine, authentic self. You're, you are the best weapon you have. Weapon's not the right word, but you're the best asset you have. And so the more you allow yourself to show up and genuinely be yourself through the material and through the room, you know, you layer in 
aspects of a character. Of course, you might layer in a character voice or an accent or physicalities or those things, but it all starts from, from you. You know, the more truthful and genuine and joyful you are, you know, in, in showing up at an audition, the more you will succeed, the more you will show them exactly what they're looking for. Well, that's a wonderful note to end on, Ron. Thank you so much. My God, it was my pleasure, Jacob, man. So much fun. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I think, I think I can hear the orchestra warming up. So I think the show's uh, about to begin again. So we got to head on out of here and get back to our seats. So <laughs> thank you it. so much, Ron Bomer. Uh, it was a pleasure. It was my pleasure, Jacob, man. Thank you. Hi, friends. Jacob again. Thank you so much for listening. This episode was edited by me, Jacob Ben Shmuel, and produced by Travis Cook Johnson. If you'd like to support the incredible artists who help make this show possible, you can head on over to GoFundMe.com, where you can make a one-time donation to our One Million Musicals Artist Fund. This is to help us compensate the brilliant actors, musicians, and engineers who give our shows the Broadway quality you've come to expect. The link to that fund is in the description of this episode. And if you really love our show and want to make your donations monthly, then you can head on over to patreon.com slash one million musicals. There you'll find sneak peeks, bonus behind the scenes episodes, official playbills, and much, much more. Thanks again for listening, and stay tuned for next week's episode, uh, which is our next installment of Jacob and Alan Try to Write a Song in 20 Minutes. I'm going to be recording that in like two or three hours from now, and I am uh, supremely terrified. So that'll be fun. (laughs) Okay, talk to you soon. Thompson. And I'm Mark David Christensen. And together we host Ah oh, Crap, a Hellboy podcast. The show dedicated to the half-demon hero brought forth by writer-artist Mike Mignola and published by Dark Horse Comics. Each week we discuss everything Hellboy. Plus his expanded universe with the BPRD, Abe Sapien, Lobster Johnson, and many more. That's Ah oh, Crap, a Hellboy podcast on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Campfire.